It's amazing to me that people think entrepreneurship is risky, but getting a job where you have a paycheck is safe. It's not. It's no safer. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. Welcome, welcome to this episode of Making It. I'm excited about this one. This can be a good one because we're going to talk about a subject that's close to my heart, and that is money truths. And I call this seven money truths, seven things you need to understand about money that they don't teach you in school. And I know this is going to sound kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I mean it. I find it really, really kind of frustrating, really frustrating that people don't learn basic money management in the you know education curriculum we don't understand basic things when you get into the real world and especially when you're building a business and getting into different industries uh, and different areas of entrepreneurship there are things you learn that are so dead obvious but you never learned this growing up and and the unfortunate part is that a lot of people go through their entire lives without ever learning these things. And I just feel like those people are robbed. So I'm going to share with you seven money truths. Some of these things you might already know. Some of these things will surprise you. But the most important thing is that these are absolute truths in my mind. And they've helped me along the way. They continue to help me all the time. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with um, a pretty basic one. And that basic money truth is that real wealth is generated by developing an asset that produces cash flow and then scaling that asset. And if you pick any person at any time in history, in any industry, in any place, makes no difference. This formula has never, ever changed and it never will. You know, what I just described to you is a business, it's a company. An asset that produces cash flow and that scales is what a business is at at its heart. It's an asset, makes money in the form of profit, earnings, whatever you want to call it, and it scales. It grows. It grows beyond an individual or a person. Now, the reason I say real wealth, real wealth is generated by this is because I think about wealth in more than just financial sense. I think about it in terms of what it takes you to make that money. So if you think about a high-paying job, and I'll talk about this in a second, you think about a high-paying job, that's great. You can make a lot of money, but can you become wealthy? Well, I'm not sure about that because you're spending all your time on this high-paying job. The more you work, the more money you make. And so it doesn't really matter. You know, you, you sure, I, I make lots of money. I, I don't know about it because I'm spending all my time working. And I don't really consider that being wealthy. I think about wealth as more than just money. It's about having a certain kind of life. Real wealth is generated by developing an asset that produces cash flow and and then scaling that asset. Now, you might also be thinking, well, does that mean I can't become wealthy unless I own a business, unless I'm an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are plenty of people, tons of examples actually, of people who have full-time jobs and are still able to generate wealth by having assets that produce cash flow. This is what basic investing is all about and, and understanding the, the, the fundamentals of investing and dividend investing and yield uh, generation. So yes, absolutely. You don't need to be an entrepreneur. Of course, many entrepreneurs understand 
this principle. That's why they become entrepreneurs. But there are many examples of individuals that have jobs and are still able to master this first principle. So the second money truth I'll share is that the asset you create should be untethered to your time. Being a high-earning professional is not the path to wealth necessarily. It's the path to a high-income job. Now, if you have a high income or if you have any income and you take that cash and you invest it in cash-producing assets and that untethers you from your time, that's, that's a good place to be also. And I'll get into that a little more right now. So if you think about an asset that you create, but it's not tethered to your time, what I mean by that is if you're a consultant, if you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, and you make $300 an hour, $700 an hour, $2,000 an hour, that's great. But you're still tethering every single dollar to the time you spend. Now, if you take that money that you make and then put it into cash flowing assets, real estate, private businesses, dividend stocks, those kinds of things, that's great because over time, over years, you're going to have income that comes in separate from your time. But don't think for a second that building a business that is all centered around you, all centered around your time is going to by itself lead to wealth. It's not. You need to do step two there, which is then take that income, put it to work into things that don't require you, don't put you in the center of them. And that's how you ensure that you're able to actually create wealth. Wealth generation tends to be tied to one single thing. This is true for most, I'm going to say almost all, but certainly most, everybody that I can think of. Most people don't get rich because they did 20 things right. It's because they did one thing right. And of course, once they do that one thing, they can go on to do other things. But even if they didn't do those other things, they would still remain wealthy. They still got rich from one thing. If you check out the Forbes 400, the vast majority of people, there are some examples I'll share in a second, but the vast majority of people made their money from doing one single thing. Okay, what are the exceptions here? The exceptions are, you'll think about private equity, you'll say, well, this, this private equity person invested in 20 different companies, that's how they got rich. This guy invested in 50 different stocks. This real estate woman you know, built... 100 skyscrapers. Okay, fine. I get it. it. They had to do it more than once, but it was that one skill that took them there, you know, or it was that one business that took them there, even though that business did 50 things. They understood that it's this one business repeating an activity that's going to make me wealthy. Wealth generation tends to be tied to one thing. And this is a really important principle because sometimes people think they need to do a lot of stuff to get rich. You don't need to do a lot of stuff, you need to do one thing. Uh, and, and you need to do that one thing really, really well. Repeat it really well. Once you figure out the formula, once you have the golden goose that, that, that is laying the golden eggs, you don't need to have 17 different golden uh, geese. You don't need to have so many of these things all different. Don't get too fancy. Don't, don't overthink it. Don't think you're smarter than everybody else. You're probably not. I'm certainly not. You need to be able to do one thing really well. And if you look at people and forget about the richest people in the world, I'm not talking about you know Bezos and Musk and Gates. I'm not talking about those people. I'm saying people that have accumulated everyday wealth, a few million bucks in the bank, maybe 10 million bucks in the bank, 20 million bucks in the bank, enough money to feed their family and pay for their mortgage without having to go to work every day, right? They're not relying on that one paycheck. 
those people tend to get one thing right. And then after you get that one thing right, you can start to play around. But try to make sure that that happens in the, in the right order. Wealth generation tends to be tied to one thing for most people. Number four, having a job does not equal job security. It doesn't matter what the company is. You're putting your income in someone else's hands. And I'm not suggesting that jobs are bad at all. They are critical. They're critical at providing the income that you need to invest in cash flowing assets. So taking the money that you're making at your job, taking a portion of it, 10%, 20% of that money, and putting it off uh, and ensuring that that's going to cash uh, generating assets is really important. If you ever read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, they talk about 10% of every dollar you earn should be yours to keep. And what that means is that 10% of every dollar needs to go to pay you in the future, meaning you're investing in something today that's going to pay you in the future, some type of investment. Now, that's really important. And you need that job. You need that income to have that. But don't think about the job itself as security. There will be some type of mandatory retirement. There will be a time when your skills become obsolete. There will be a time when your company decides to let you go because someone else can do your job cheaper, faster, better. It doesn't matter if you're at a big company. We're not living at a time where people get a job and have that job for 40 years. It doesn't happen. You could be let go tomorrow. It's amazing to me that people think entrepreneurship is risky, but getting a job where you have a paycheck is safe. It's not. It's no safer. Now, don't get me wrong. It's safer on day one. I'm not suggesting you should go out and create a company immediately. Have a job, have a safety net of some sort, but don't think that that's going to keep you safe for your entire life. It's not job security like it once was. And I would argue there was never really job security. There were lazier companies that didn't have competition, so they didn't need to, uh, to watch their spending so much. Companies watch their costs right now today like never before. And they are watching every dollar they spend. Job security, uh uh, it, it doesn't exist. Number five, it does not take a lifetime to become wealthy. And that's truth. It does not take a lifetime to become wealthy. Someone who starts a company at 25 and becomes a millionaire at 32 is not a genius. They simply found a product market fit and they scaled it. Having consistent income and maybe a payday if you sell is a natural conclusion of doing well. And one more thing I want to say about this before I get into more detail, there are many, many, many examples of companies that start and fail, way more than those that started and succeeded. So when you see that young person, that 25-year-old that made it big, they might have created 52 companies you know, in the years prior, they were hustling, they were steaming as a teenager. I certainly was. It wasn't until I was much older than when I started in my teens. I wasn't until my 20s before I, I hit it big or hit it big for that time uh, that, you know, that, that, that had happened because I was working hard. I was working hard for a long time. I was failing a ton. People didn't know what the hell I was doing. My friends thought I was an idiot. And yeah, lo and behold, eventually it works, but you work hard for a long time. Now, I want to dig into this one a little deeper because I started off saying it does not take a lifetime to become wealthy. So let, let's talk for a second about what I mean by when I say wealthy. What I mean is having enough money to cover your living expenses. That, that's the first level. And we'll, you know, we could do another podcast, talk about the different levels of wealth. But what I'm talking about right now is you've got your mortgage. You've got your grocery bill, you got your car payments, you got to pay for your kids' tuition. Maybe you want to take a vacation once or twice a year. What is that number? 
And then how long does it take to build up passive income that pays for that? Whatever that number is. So I'm just making this up right now. It's going to be different for everybody depending on where you live and what your situation is. Let's just say $100,000 a year pays for everything. $100,000 a year pays for that mortgage, pays for that car payment, pays for that vacation once a year, pays for your kid's tuition. That $100,000 in passive income will not take you a lifetime to accumulate. Depending on what you're doing, you could accumulate that in just a couple of years. I mean, depending if you're going, again, the entrepreneurial route, the passive investing route, the side hustle route, whatever it is. You know, I look at it. One thing I always say to young entrepreneurs is if you can, before you build the company that you want to hang your name on, that you want to say, you know, this is the company I'm going to dedicate the next decade of my life to, try to build a smaller company, almost like a side hustle that pays your bills. There's nothing better than having a little business, a software company, a service company, a digital media company, whatever it is, that's pulling in five, six, seven, eight, nine grand a month that pays your bills and then some. And you could take some of that cash flow, put it into your, into your startup, into your real company. Listen, having that passive income come, come in ASAP as soon as you can is something that I found very important early on in my life. I wanted to make sure that I had income coming in that was going to pay my bills. And I felt wealthy. I felt wealthy when that happened. So it does not take a lifetime to become wealthy, to have enough money to pay your bills. And understanding that and then figuring out the nuances of what does that mean to you? How do you do it? You don't need to wait until you're 65, 72 to have enough money to pay the bills. Okay, You're going to be the richest person in the cemetery. Great. Good for you. Try doing that when you're, when you're a little younger. Um, and again, different ways to do it. We can get into it later on, but that's something you got to keep in mind. That is a money truth. Okay, number six, who you know does matter. Does matter. Associating with people who are a few steps ahead of where you are on your path makes a huge difference. You'll learn a lot from them. You will mimic them. Maybe you'll even do business with them. Start to make these connections early and often. They will pay off big time. Who you know, it matters. It really does. You know, They say the old expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's true. But where I see it is I don't look at that in some kind of uh, patronizing way or negative way like, oh, you know, that guy was just successful because of who he knew. I wasn't born knowing anybody. Most of my friends who are super successful were not born with all the connections in the world. They started associating with people. They started meeting people. They did what they could to network. They, they found people with similar interests. They found people that were a few steps ahead of them on their path, right? If you're into uh, game development, you're a developer, you find someone who's got a development company, they're a few steps ahead of you, maybe a few years ahead of you, you learn a lot from them. In the real estate space, this happens all the time. You know, you go to intern, you go to be a, a, a protege for someone who's a few steps ahead of you. They've acquired a few buildings, they've developed a few things. You can learn a few things from them, and then they become mentors. They help you all on in your path. So you really, really do have to know people, and that's how you learn. That's how you get better. That's how you find who you want to become. It's not just about what you know. It's not you can't all be found in books. You've got to be around people who are a few steps ahead of you, and you're going to find inspiration there. That's what matters. Number seven, and this is one that's probably going to, going to blow up because people are going to disagree with me, but it is absolutely true. Debt is essential. Debt. The economy is built on borrowed money. The problem comes when you use debt to fund things that don't pay you. 
The richest people in the world often have the most debt. People that are even a little bit rich have a lot of debt. And you need debt to build your company. You need debt to invest in things. Understanding debt is probably one of the most important skills. Again, I didn't learn this in high school. I didn't learn this in, in, in college. I don't know if any of you did, but they're doing a disservice by telling you that debt is a bad thing. Avoid debt. Avoid, avoid debt? What are you, nuts? I, I don't know how I would have done anything in life without debt. Let's just talk about what kind of debt you need to understand. You need to use debt to pay for things. And you need to use debt that, that pays for itself. You know, one of the rules in, in the cash flow quadrant, if any of you have read the cash flow quadrant or rich dad, poor dad, one of the principles they talk about is never take on debt that you have to pay for, right? So don't take on a bunch of debt that you then have to pay back and, and, and then pay the interest on by yourself. Take on debt that other people pay for. That's the important thing. So when you're starting a business, and again, if you're just starting out, you got to be very much more conservative with it. But once you have something that works and you understand, okay, so when I spend uh, $10, I make $12. Ooh, when I spend $15, I make $25. Oh, when I spend $1,000, I make $4,000. Well, you'd be crazy not to take on debt at that point. Take on a level of debt that you can manage. Take on a level of debt that you can service, service the interest payments as well as the principal over time. Although the truth is in business, you'll probably never pay back that principal. You never need to. You, you keep using that money to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And as long as you have a strong balance sheet, as long as, as your assets far outweigh your, your liabilities, you're fine. You never really need to pay back that debt for as long as you live. But understanding this concept, and even in the stock market, you know, you talk about the stock market and, and in the market, we talk about equity. You know, you're going to invest in a company, you're a shareholder, you're an equity holder. That's kind of bullshit. You're still taking on debt because you got to pay these people back, whether it's debt on paper or just debt uh, conceptually. When someone invests in your company, whether it's through a debenture or through an equity offering, it's still money that eventually has to be paid back unless you're a total you know, unless you're a total idiot, people don't invest in companies because they, you know, it's charity. They want to get paid back. So the entire world, economies, countries, businesses, everything is built on debt. People wouldn't be able to buy a house if it wasn't for debt. Understanding that debt is essential and learning how to use debt is something that is going to be vital to your success, whatever you're doing. Whether you're a casual investor, whether you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't make a difference. These are my seven money truths. I'm going to do a quick recap for you right now. Real wealth is generated by developing an asset that produces cash flow and scaling that asset. Number two, the asset that you create should be untethered to your time. Number three, wealth generation tends to be tied to one thing. Don't try to be a genius and do a thousand things. Do one thing really well. For having a job does not equal job security. You need to have your own safety net that is untethered, untied to your job. Five, it does not take a lifetime to become wealthy. It doesn't need to take a lifetime. Don't wait until you're 65 to try to become wealthy. Try to do it today. Try to get it done today. Number six, who you know does matter. You want to associate with people that you want to be like. It makes a big, big difference in your success. And finally, number seven, debt is essential. 
You need to be able to use borrowed money. You need to be able to have others invest in you in one way or another. You can't build something from nothing. You've got to think about debt and how you can use it. I probably should have talked about more about leverage as well. Leverage is critical, not just leverage financially, but other types of leverage. We'll do another podcast episode on, on that at another time. These are the seven money truths. I want to hear what you think. Hashtag making it. Let me know on Twitter at Real John Davids. Tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts. Maybe you have more money truths. I want to hear them. I'll talk to you guys soon.